Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. How many of you know that God always has a plan? And the plan many weeks ago was for our very own youth pastor, Pastor Andrew Ham. He was supposed to bring the word. And we're so excited about that. Pastor woke up ill this morning, so God knew <laughs> that we needed Pastor Andrew today. So I want you to give Pastor Andrew the biggest, loudest, craziest shout of applause that Passion Church can do today. We love him, and we honor him, and he's going to bring an awesome word today. Thank you. Today is a good day, not because, not just because I'm up here speaking with you guys, but tomorrow is my birthday. Well, no, no, I'm kidding. Tomorrow is my birthday, but that's not why today is a big day. Today I am celebrating my two-year anniversary with my lovely wife. So we are celebrating. Two years ago I hit the jackpot, and I am still, you know, it's still cash is rolling out. And I guess if you're married, you know that cash isn't rolling out, or it could be rolling out in just not in the direction that you had anticipated. <laughs> Thank you, my accountability partner. So today I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up. We're gonna we're gonna end this Your Story series. Um, in week one, we talked about how brokenness is attractive to God, and I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of you know bring it all back full circle. This morning with talking about brokenness, but and, and in week two we talked about identity, having our identity in Christ, and knowing we are booted, we are booted in Jesus, we are booted in in who He is and who He says we are. And last week we learned from Forky that we must know how our Master sees us, or we're gonna have we're gonna have problems. And so we're gonna we're gonna continue on today. Um, if I was gonna title this, I don't even think I sent Pastor Steve a title just because I'm bad about titles, because in my notes, I only see it one time, and then once I turn the page, it's like, whatever, it's gone. And so my, if you were going to title, if you want to write down a title, you can write down, we're all invited. We're all invited. And every time I hear that, I think about basketball, whenever it's like, it's a block party and everyone's invited, Shaq, because Kim Bay Mutombo, that's, that's me. But that's beside the point. And so um, today I want to talk about a theme in Toy Story. How many, how many Toy Story fans do we have? Toy Story fans, how many people like you are ride or die Toy Story 1? Am I the only one? Toy Story 1? How many Toy Story 2? Yeah, that's what I figured. Toy Story 3? Toy Story 4? Okay, I haven't seen Toy Story 4 yet, so I'm, I'm just going off the, off, of, off the, you know, the general public's response. But I'm a Toy Story 1 Fan. And you got to understand, it came out, I was a young boy, and everything about that movie points towards things that young boys like, you know? It starts off, and then there's Buzz that comes onto the scene, right? And he's this, he's this spaceman, he has wings, and, and then you see him on a Hot Wheels track. I, I loved Hot Wheels, and in, in, in Andy's room, it's like Buzz, he's like going on the loop, and I was like, I always wanted a Hot Wheels track that had a loop, but my loop didn't really loop the way it was supposed to. It never worked, but in the movie it did, and, and then there's rockets, you know, like you, you get to see rockets, and then at the end, the remote control car that is apparently as fast as a U-Haul driving down the road. 
to catch up. And so we see all of those things, and I love it, and it, it makes it my favorite thing. And, and even in all the movies coming up after it, I think there's something that, that connects all of these movies together. And that's what I want to talk about today. It's the, the theme that is connected throughout all of these Toy Story movies. And you can believe it or not believe it, but I think it's there. And hopefully um, after today, we're all on the same page. And so um, we're going to pick up in Luke chapter 14. And this is Jesus. He had just been talking with, with uh, some, some of his followers, some of the disciples, some people that were there listening. And he had been talking about not inviting rich people your family members, your brothers, your sisters, all of these people that were well off. He was talking about not inviting them to your banquets. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. But instead, he says, you need to invite the ones who are blind, the ones who are poor, the ones who are, are lame and can't walk, the ones who, who are outcasts. You need to invite those to your banquet because that is where, God, that, that is where God's treasure is. And, and he's talking about that. And then in the middle of this, a man speaks up and he says how great it would be to, to be in the, in the banquet of the kingdom of God. So we're going to pick up there in Luke chapter 14, starting in verse 16. But I'm going to pray first. God, I thank you for the opportunity to come into your house and worship you, God. I just thank you that you are speaking to us this morning. May it not be my words, but it be your words that we hear and that, that take root in our heart and grow in Jesus' name. Amen. So Luke chapter 14 Starting in verse 16, Jesus replied to this, with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent out, when the banquet was ready, he sent out his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But all, they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen. I want to go try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his, told, told his master that all they had said, and his master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of these are first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. And so my first point I want you to get is, I want to ask you this question, what is your excuse? What is your excuse? We look back and we see all of these people who were invited to this banquet. And, and I, I can imagine that in this parable, it's implied that they knew that the banquet was coming, right? They knew like, hey, you need to, you, we, you're invited to this banquet, so be ready. But, uh, but it turns out that they weren't ready. Instead, that they were in the middle of doing other things. And, 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 and those things in and of themselves, if you, if you look at buying oxen, if you look at getting married, I, I know getting married is not a bad thing, right? It's not. It's great. I love it. These two years, past two years of my life, have been the best two years of my life because I get to spend them with my wife. So there's nothing wrong with being married, but it's just something about the priority that these people have placed these other things in that, were, that, were, that wasn't right. It was out of order. It was out of order, and, I, and, and something about these excuses and something about the excuses that we can make 
in our everyday lives, not just excuses to keep us from accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior because we have those excuses, but excuses that keep us from spending time with God, excuses that keep us from doing the things that he has called us to do, excuses that keep, that keep us from stepping inside of his purpose that he has for us. There, in, the, in these excuses, we realize these things. We realize what our idols are. Idols? What are you talking about idols? I don't have any statues at my house or anything. I don't, I don't go home and, and worship those things. I don't have idols. What's your excuse? Is it work? Is it your relationships? Is it the things that you buy? What's your excuse? Because if you, if you make an excuse to spend time, instead of spending time with God or instead of doing the things he asks you to do, if you make an excuse at that moment, the thing that you are making an excuse for becomes an idol. An idol is anything that you put above God. And so if I'm not careful, I can put spending time with my wife above spending time with God, and at that time, she becomes an idol in my life. At any point in time, I can put my work above spending time with God. And if I put that above spending time with God, it becomes an idol in my life. Students, hear me, at any point in time, you can put your schoolwork, you can put your sports above spending time with God, and at that point in time, your schoolwork and your, and your sports become an idol in your life. Your homework can be an idol in your life. I thought I would get a little bit more amens from the students, because it's like, yeah, I don't need to do homework, I need to spend time, but, but it's true. I can look back at my high school year to where I would have a homework or I have projects and I would throw everything away. I would, I, would, I, would, I would stay at home, stay up late. I would work on it for hours and hours on, on a project just to get a grade. But then if someone asked me to read my Bible and take a little bit of time studying, I'm like, man, I don't have time. I don't have time. I make time to, to make sure I'm at football practice early and I stay late. I make sure I go to the gym and I'm, and I'm doing all of these things that I'm supposed to be doing, but when it comes to God, I can't make that same time. So what's your excuse? It happens on a lot of different levels. What keeps us from spending time with God right now? It's the little things. It's the little things that stop us. And, and maybe in this moment you don't realize what they are, but maybe God has been asking you to wake up 30 minutes earlier a day. And let me just tell you, I'm not going to have anything to share with you this morning that's like groundbreaking that you're going to probably write a page full of notes. But I just know that there is things that we all struggle with because I struggle with these things. I struggle with, these, with, with making these things a reality in my life. So I can imagine that there's some people in the room that are here with me. Maybe God is asking you to wake up 30 minutes earlier so you can spend 30 more minutes in prayer. Or maybe you can just spend 30 minutes in prayer. Maybe you can spend 15 minutes in prayer. But in turn, you're not doing it. Because you would rather stay up late watching Netflix. You'd rather stay up late hanging out with friends. You'd rather stay up late doing homework. You'd rather stay up late doing all of these other things that you, could, you can set a time and time. And instead, you don't want to wake up in the morning because you were up until 1 a.m. I want to point out the idol. Instead of laying it down, you say, you know what? I'm going to go to bed early this morning, tonight so I can wake up in the morning. 
I'm going to turn off Netflix so I can wake up early. I'm going I'm to not turn on the PlayStation so I can wake up early. I'm going to say, you know what? I can't go out tonight. Let's set up something for next week. Let's set up something for Saturday morning. Let's set up another time that we can hang out because I need to make sure I go to sleep so I can spend time with God. I'm not going to let anything infringe on my time with God because I don't want an idol. Maybe the problems in your marriage and in your relationships happen because you're spending more time and you're focusing more on your marriage and your relationship than you are God. Those things aren't easy things to hear. Because you're like, my marriage is messed up. I need to focus on it. I need to work on it. Yes, that's true. But when's the last time you focused and worked on your relationship with God? That's what has to happen first. It has to happen first. I'm going to say this statement. And I want you to think about it. Because I have to think about it. It's hard to find time for God. It's hard. A lot of times it can seem impossible to find time for God. But the thing about that statement is is that whole statement is wrong. Because you're trying to find time for something. That means that that thing you're trying to find time for is not a priority. When something is a priority, you're not trying to find time for it. When something is a priority, you are making time for it. You're making time. When, when, when something is, is high on your priority list, you're scheduling that out first. And then everything else has to fit in around it. What if we place the importance of spending time with God the same amount of importance that is it's us working our nine-to-five job? What if we place the same importance? You know what? I don't have a sick day, so I can't miss work. But it's easy for me to miss five minutes of reading the Bible, five minutes of praying, five minutes of spending time with God. It's easy for me to miss that. And I want to tell you guys, I am right there with you. This is hitting me left and right, left and right. God has been dealing with me because he wants to be the first priority. And it's, it's backwards from the way that American culture is. Because American culture is like you have to work, you have to make money. Then everything else happens after that. Is God your priority? When we were singing that song, something else that can be a priority, something else that can be an idol in our lives is the battle that we're facing right now. When we were singing that song, um, fight my, this is how I fight my battles. I was thinking about that. A lot of times we can be in the middle of a battle. We can be in the middle of a struggle and we feel like we're holding our own. We feel like we're fighting. We feel like we're fighting. But then we get to the point where, where we're more focused on what we're fighting than we're focused on who already won the fight. If you're in the middle of a battle and you feel like you've been fighting forever and you feel like you're tired, I want to I encourage you. You know what? Maybe step back. Step back and let go. Let go and allow God to fight your battles. Maybe you need to step back. You know what? I'm going to get down on my knees and I, I, I've done all I can. It's in God's hands. What's your priority? Is your battle your priority? 
or is God? Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you haven't even began to step into a relationship with God. Maybe you haven't accepted him as your Lord and Savior, and maybe you haven't even heard about him. Maybe there's someone here, and this is your first time being inside of a church, being inside of somewhere, and you're hearing the gospel. Maybe you have some doubts. But I want to tell you something this morning that God has extended this invitation. He has extended the, 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 the invitation for you to come to this banquet. But we have to make it a priority in our lives to get there. And the way to do that, we must come to the realization that we are broken. We must come to the realization that we can't do it on our own. You see, it's interesting in this story of the parable how, how, how the first people that have been invited to this banquet, how they all had excuses, they all had, it, had their priorities mixed up. And then he goes and invites the blind, the crippled, the poor. And he lists those out. Why, why, why did he do that? Why didn't he just say, go invite everybody else? Why didn't he say, you know, these people aren't coming, so go invite everybody else? But he takes time and he lists the blind, the poor, the crippled, the lame. I think he wanted to get this point across. God wants the broken because the broken want God. God wants the broken people because they, have, they, they recognize the need for him. And we have to come to that same conclusion. We have to come to that same conclusion that we are broken and that there is only one person that makes us whole. You see, in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, it talks about building an altar of stone. And, 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 and there's something that, that, that sticks out to me, and I wanted to, to connect to this story, because um, they, 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 whenever they were building an altar of stones, they wanted to make sure that they didn't use any tools on the stones. Like, just go find the stones as they are and use them to make the altar. Don't try and make it smooth. Don't try to make it square. Don't try to do all of these things and, 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 and you know, hammer on it to make it fit just right. Don't do that. He wanted them to use the stones as they were. He wanted them to use the stones because if they got to the point to where they wanted to fix it and make it look good on their own, then it leaves room for a little bit of boasting. It leaves room for a little bit of, look what I built. I made this right. I made this look good. And, and if we're not careful, the same thing can happen in our lives because we may, we may think that we're broken, but we also may think that we can fix it ourselves. We also can think that we could, we, in our own strength, we can make our lives good. We can, we can, we can, if we, if we see ourselves in a problem, be like, you know what, I don't need to, I don't need to go and ask anybody to pray for me. I can handle this on my own. I don't need to go and confess my sins to my accountability partner because I got this on my own. I'm good. We're in danger of boasting in our own strength if we don't recognize that our strength is in God and God alone. In Mark 2, Verse 17, Jesus said this, healthy people don't need a doctor. 
sick people do. I've come not to call those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. We have to come to realization and know that we need God and we need him. We have to come to realization and know that we are sick and there's only one who can heal us. There's only one who can make us whole. We have to come to know that we are broken. You see, we look back and we saw that the first people invited, they didn't place importance on the banquet. They viewed it as, viewed it as optional. Now, I don't know about you guys, but for me, if I'm not feeling sick, I'm not going to go to the doctor. It's probably not the best practice to like not have a regular doctor's appointment, and, and that's something that I'm also working through. <laughs> but if you're not sick, you don't feel a need to go to the doctor. It's not a priority. But once you get the sniffles and you get a temperature, maybe your stomach starts getting a little, I'm going to leave that there. You start thinking, like, hey, maybe I need to call a doctor to get some antibiotics in me. Maybe I need to go, to go see someone to get me checked out. And a lot of times that will get us to go to the doctor. But, but in our relationship with God, we have to always be in a state, you know what, I'm not right on my own. I know right now I may not feel like I need to go to the doctor, but I know that I'm not right on my own. And so I need to wake up in the morning and take my dose. I was about to come up with something really churchy and say vitamin G, but I didn't want to do that. <laughs> See, those that were hurting, those that were broken, those that were crippled, and those that needed help, I think there's a re that's the reason that he talked and he, and he called those types out because he, it wasn't like he was just singling out the ones that were hurting, but he wanted to symbolize a heart posture. That we are all broken and we need God. Because without God, I am blind. We are. Without God, we're blind. With, with, without God, we can do nothing. Without, without God, we are weak. There's a reason that Jesus said that he only does what God asks him to do. This is Jesus, the Son of God, one part of the Trinity. He says, I only do what the Father in heaven asked me to do. There's a reason that he did that, because he knew that, Je that his strength came from his Father. There's a reason that Jesus said, there is, I'm not good. Why do you call me good? There is only one person good, and that is the God in heaven. There's a reason, because he understood where his strength came from. Our strength is in God. So we need to make sure we go where he goes and we do what he does. I don't know you guys probably are like, hey, you didn't play a video for Toy Story. Well, I have one I'm about to play, and I think this will set us up for what we're going to do as we close. And so if you would take a look at this video.
Hey, I found my Mrs. Potato Head right there. Mrs. Potato, Mrs. Potato. <laughs> Getting all the brownie points this morning. So a lot of us, we know that scene well. We know what happens next. It's Buzz Lightyear. He comes onto the scene. And, and, and you know, they are nervous because it's this new toy. It's, it's some, something new, something that they're not familiar with. And he comes onto the scene, and, and they all have mixed feelings, especially Woody. Because Andy's room, it's changing, and, 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 and something new is coming in, and, and it's going to change the atmosphere of everything. But as the movie continues, we know that Buzz and Woody, they, they, they go through a number of events, and, and, and they end up saving each other from their calamity, including a rocket. And then we jump in to Toy Story 2, and, and then there's someone else that gets added in. We have Jesse, and we have Bullet, and they, and they go through a whole bunch of things, and then they get added into the gang and to the family. And then in Toy Story 3, there's a whole group of more toys that come and get added in. And in Toy Story 4, we talked about last week how Forky gets added in. And there's something that, that, that I, I notice in all of these movies that, that is constant. And it's that there's room for everyone. We look at this parable that Jesus gave of how some people weren't ready for the invitation because it wasn't a priority. And some people, some people were, and they realized that they were broken. But I want to look at another point of, another section of people that are in this story, and it's the servants. The servants that were sent out. That were sent out to go and invite. The servants that were sent out to go and, and bring them all in. And I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to think about that. Are you extending the invitation to everyone? Because the master told the servants to go, 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 go to the, go to the, the roads, go behind the bushes. Anyone you can find, invite everyone. Are you inviting everyone? Or is there something that's stopping you from inviting everyone? Maybe you, maybe in your mind, you answer the question for them in their heads and, and, you, and should I invite them? Should I go and, and spread Christ's love with them? Should I go and tell them about the banquet? Or like, you know what? No, they're good. They probably know about it. I don't need to go, I don't need to go and talk to them. I don't need to go and see how their day is going. I don't need to build a relationship with them because they probably, they're probably good. Or maybe like you see someone over here like, you know what? They're, they are too far gone. I know they don't want to hear what I have to say. And so you don't. So you don't. Where are you? Maybe you feel like you can't relate to someone. Whatever reason it may be, maybe it's like they're older than I am. They're younger than I am. They have a different background. They, they don't go through the same things. How are they? They're not going to listen to me. You see, no matter what race, no matter what gender, no matter what age, no matter what background, no matter what or where they come, there's one thing that connects us all together. There's one thing that connects us all together. And we can look at the toys 
in Andy's room, you know, we look and we have, you know, it starts off with Woody and then we have, yeah, you, you can come on, Woody. Woody and then Rex, they're, they're already there. What, Rex, you can, come, you can come on down. And so they're in Andy's room and you can imagine that they are there and like they have their thing going. And then in comes Buzz. Something new, someone, a toy that they don't feel like they can relate to because he's new. And then, like, yeah, as the movie goes on, in, in, in chapter two, we have Jesse. She comes. And then in, 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 in the fourth movie, we have Forky. They come. And, and, and here, I want you to stand over here. And I want you to come stand up, up top. We're going to set up like a, like a photo, like a family photo. Come stand right there. And then I want you guys to come right here. You see, there's all of these different toys were in Andy's room. They had different names. None of them were the same. The only toys that were the same were the aliens. And that's because they're aliens. So that's unrealistic because aliens aren't real. Let's get back to talking about the talking toys. So we have all these toys in Andy's room and they're all different. But there's something that binds them and they all were there so that Andy could find pleasure in them. They all were there so Andy could have a relationship and Andy could play with them. And there was room for growth. And, and as the story goes, you see room for more and more. And, and the same way we have something that binds all of us. We all are broken and we all need God. We all were designed, we all were created for relationship with God and that binds all of us. And so I can go up to someone who may be younger than I am. Kenny, come here. He's younger than me and we don't have the same background, but, but I know, I know the same God that saved me saved him. And I know that we come from a broken place and we, and we both need God. And so we can, we can find something that binds us together because of our relationship with God. And so he can come and be a part of this family picture. Maybe it can be someone like Miss Julie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna. I'm not a woman. I, don't, I, I, I may feel like I can't relate to her. I, I can't share things that are relevant with her. But we both are broken and we need God and so she can come into the family to where we can fill in the gaps because there's room for everyone. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.